All right, I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Beth Guide. I am with uh, Vertical Web, and uh, thank you for attending our Houston West Chamber of Commerce uh, Internet Marketing Clinic. Um, we're well on our 10th year doing this now. Um, each month, or each actually each session, we take a topic and we start to talk. We talk through it and helps to help everybody be able to do uh, their marketing and understand how to handle your digital marketing better. Uh, today's topic, um, I'm going to talk about errors, and there's um, a lot of there's there's so many different problems that I see when somebody comes to us, and it's most of it is I think people don't know. So we're going to do a, a whole talk on errors that I see from, from process to procedure to misunderstanding. So I think that's, that's where we're going to start today. So the very first thing that I'm going to start with is the decision of what and how to build your website. Okay. Um, it assumes that uh, this comment assumes that you don't have a website. However, I'm gonna say that if you have one and you're not in the right vehicle, um, that probably needs to be looked at. And the reason why is when a website's put together, how it's put together, how it's assembled, how it's coded, and what platform you end up using often dictates how Google receives it and where Google is willing to place it. So you got to kind of understand that how you put it together also dictates um, how and where it may rank. And the reason why is if the code is full, the code is bloated, um, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is that a lot of these platforms do not allow you to assemble a website correctly. And it doesn't allow Google to, to deep dive into that website and do a deep link look at or a deep um, follow into the deeper parts. I was going to say deeper links, which that's truly what it is. Um, but there's a lot of dependencies and I'll, I'll handle that here in just a second and kind of explain that to you. But um, what I'm going to say is that when a, web a website is running in WordPress, and I mean WordPress.org, not WordPress.com. So let's kind of talk through the differences there. Um, the website is much tighter. And it's usually designed to set up right. So if you can make sure that you put your permalinks in um, and turn on a few basic elements, you have the core foundation for Google to be able to rank that website. Um, there are cookie cutter solutions out there like uh, Squarespace, like Wix, like Weebly. Um, and the thing is with those, that those are designed to be website builders, but they're not necessarily designed to have the website be ranked. What I mean when I say that is that website cannot be assembled in a manner um, that is congruent with what Google wants. Shopify is another one. Um, they actually had contests to see who could actually get a website that was built in Shop Shopify to rank. Um, and, and we're talking about a competition in some of the best SEO companies in the country uh, because just out of the box, it, it, it doesn't do well. Um, what I, what I will say to you is I have taken websites out of these platforms and the second we've moved them into a WordPress environment, they just kind of go forth with us having to do very little to it to make that even work right. So just so understand that how you decide to build the house has a lot to do with what your downline success will be. So if you start with one of these builders, the idea that you will end up with a very well-ranking website is probably not going to happen. Uh, so if your goal is to have solid Google, 
then we need to pick the right apparatus. So I would say, I'm going to say the first mistake that people do is they pick the wrong web design platform. In that same vein, I'm also going to tell you your web hosting company has a lot to do uh, with this. Um, and your web hosting company can do quite a few things to impede your success. Um, the most obvious, of course, is to create downtime. Um, so that's not, a, that's not an acceptable situation. But often these plans are throttled. And what that means is that when people come to the website, um, the at speed in which stuff is delivered back to the end user is hampered or like stopped from going at a reasonable pace so that it appears slow. Now, one thing Google did here back in January um, is made um, this whole core vital suite that they have um, a dependency. So what we all need to understand as website owners is that we have to pass through these core vitals and actually pass that, that test. And if you don't pass the test, your website will be impacted negatively. So let me put that up on the screen here so we can uh, look at that. And so that we understand because this is a mistake and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the mistake is picking the wrong hosting company is what I'm gonna make the mistake be, to be honest with you. That's, that's my exact, that's the exact error, if you will. All right, so you're gonna go to web.dev. You'll put your website in. Um, I'm gonna put mine in. I know mine has issues because of the chat program on it, but I'm gonna put it in. Did you guys have a question? No. All right, okay, just making sure. Okay, so I'm gonna put that in. It's gonna run through and it's gonna give me back what it wants to tell me about. So you'll see that in mobile, I have a 57. Um, I have some errors. If you look, what I have is I have too much JavaScript running. And the other thing is how I built that homepage. It's got too many sections in it and I'll, I need to actually go back and fix that up some. Um, so some of the errors are on me, but this time to interact is on the hosting company, which is my own hosting company. But what's blocking it is the chat program. So I run a chat on our website uh, for tech support and it always makes this thing go longer than what it should. So I, I've got some issues there with that that I'm working through now. But if you look at the desktop, the desktop is at 96. So we're, from a hosting perspective, this website is doing very well in a, in a desktop environment. It's the chat messing it up on the mobile environment. So this hosting company, which is mine, uh, actually does a good job. Now I can go to other sites that are at a GoDaddy or go to ones that are on SiteGround or Bluehost, and you're not gonna find as favorable as an environment for them. Um, a lot of times um, the servers are just not set up to meet this level of a standard. So I'm going to say picking the wet right, uh, the wrong web hosting company um, is also a problem. Um, you want to pick ones that are designed for speed, 
uh, that are designed to support the business. And honestly, if you're doing WordPress, you need to pick somebody that actually knows what they're doing with WordPress. Because if you run into trouble, you need to make sure that that web hosting company knows how to fix the problem. Um, I'm just going to say that's a that's a whole nother aspect to this, but I think it's an important aspect. Um, so I'm going to say my very first two things are platform and the second thing is hosting. And each of those can be easily fixed by just picking a different company or if you haven't decided to build your website yet, uh, you know that picking the right platform is great. If you already built your website, you, we just need to talk through um, if this is the route you want to go down. If that's the route you want to go down, how do we best accomplish it? Something like Shopify can be pulled out with a script. Weebly can be pulled out with a script. Wix and Squarespace have to be built by hand. Um, and that's not such a bad thing, to be honest with you, because it lets you take some time to review um, what needs to be done on there and what doesn't. So it's, it's, a, it's a good circumstance. Um, okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about on page itself, okay, because this is the next set of mistakes that I often see. Um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually tell you this is a really good site to look at because it's completely wrong the way it is. Um, I'm actually going to use this one to to teach from because right now this one is completely under optimized because the website owner wants it to be on it just wants elements to be on there um, that fly in the face of google so let's go ahead and talk through this um, and we'll talk about on-site on-site on seo in this regard on this one on this piece so the very first thing about this is you have to identify the keywords and that's something that i see often um, website owners don't do. They don't take the time to go in and look and see um, what they should be um, ranking on, what they should, what their target should be. Um, very, a true story is when I originally started my original company, we called it um, ACTWD, which was a mouthful and nobody uh, remembered it. Um, and then we at, uh, added an addendum to it called added the word site hosting. Well, the thing is that the whole world called it web hosting. So we went from 20 orders a month um, simply by changing the domain to web hosting. We went to from 20 orders a month to 20 orders a day um, because we were we had picked the wrong the wrong terms to rank our website on. So it's massively important to do that. So. The next question should be, how do you do that? Um, I, I need to have a whole class on how to pick keywords. Uh, but if you go, uh, we talk about in this class, sometimes we've talked about using a, a program. It's a plugin for uh, a Chrome. And the plugin is called, um, is called Keywords Everywhere. Let me go over to Chrome here real quick. Let me change my share windows for you. Let me stop here. Let me start here. Let's go over to Chrome a minute. All right. So if I come here, you look. I was actually doing the the work on this the other day to try to um, come up with and put through and get the the list of what I needed for related keywords. So first of all, this is tricky anyway because when you call talk about childcare, daycare. Um, any of those words, it's very easy to get mixed up, whether I'm looking for a daycare center. If I use a daycare provider, 
And the problem with that is that's usually parents looking for daycare. So I have to be pretty careful with what I, what I choose to put there. Um, beyond that, um, childcare training is something that you have to do for continuing education credits for uh, people that work in the daycare industry. So if you work at a daycare center, you have to take a childcare training class. And they're usually early childhood just for a background situation to explain this. Um, but what I did is I put in childcare training to try to come up with what was the best uh, approach to take. And if you look, childcare training with certificates has 2,900 searches a month. However, the childcare training classes has $7.31 a month. So that would be the right terminology to use if I was going to look to put up a website on this. So that knowing that childcare training classes needed to be put forth, that would tell me what I needed to do to be able to do to, to get to the right terms. So and I'm sorry, I, what was that plugin? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. You, inter you interject as needed. It's called Keywords Everywhere. Keywords it's everywhere. one penny a search. So I usually put in $10 and you get like a million credits. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, and what it does is then it spits out this, this on your browser up here. And it also spritz, spits out my keywords on the side. That one of the best ways to find keywords is to mine competitors. Okay, so if I if I really wanted to um, wanted to look at at this, okay, I might pick this this website here, this ccceinonline.com, and actually start to go look at his particular website um, because they um, work uh, with this. Um, and these certification programs and certificates and continuing education. So I would actually go and look at this website. Let me log in here. I have a secondary tool. If you're serious about this, another tool that we use is SERPWorks. And the reason why I use it is because it lets me do a quick analysis on a website and I don't have to pay for the secondary tools that are attached to it. So if you see this, this Child Care Education Institute, it's ranked on 6,200 keywords here. Um, and it, it lets me know here's 6,200 and some odd keywords that I can go look for and look at to see what I needed to do. I actually need to see what a CDA class is. I don't even know what that is, but I'm gonna have to go look and see if that's applicable to what we what we do. Okay. Relevant to the industry and whatnot. Yeah, but you see this, it's given me a whole list of what the traffic percentage amounts are, what I should be looking for, um, childcare education, uh, kindergarten professional development. I mean, there's just oodles of words here that I can go through to go and optimize that. And I'll, let me bring that so we're not having to hop back and forth between browsers. Let me just bring this up here because this one is very poorly done because it's at the behest of the customer. Or the customer felt like they knew the answers better. So therefore, we went ahead and went with their um, recommendations. If you look, this, this website's only ranked on 73 keywords, and it's because their recommendations were not the right recommendations. Um, the next thing I'm going to tell you is that, um, so in my head, I, I look at these people. I have to go over here. Uh, if it will go back, it's not going to go back. Where am I? Where do I want to go? 
I needed to really go back to where I was. Thank you. Let me go another one and see if I can't get it to go back further. Otherwise, we'll just have to redo the search. Let me just redo it. Child care training. All right. So let me put that in. All right. So we're back to over here with these people. Um, here's another one here. It, it now I changed it. If you notice, I changed the keyword to child care training uh, without the, with the space. And the reason I did that is because that gives me a different answer. There's 24,000 searches a month for childcare training. So in other words, that tells me I need both keywords. Okay. This is the level that you need to look at your website in the prism that you need to look at it through um, and go down them. So I've got childcare training online. I've got childcare training online uh, free, which is a big deal. Um, childcare training near me, which we do online. So it doesn't matter. Um, but I'm going to go through and export these lists and I'm going to make sure, but there's a really big word in here that I, that now jumped off the screen at me. And the word is Texas. And the reason it jumped off the screen at me is because it tells me that there's a localized component that people are going to be looking. So people in Texas are going to be looking for Texas. People in Florida are going to be looking for Florida. Well, our client is in Texas. So therefore we need to address him rather than we need to address, um, then we need to put Florida in there. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take the time to build in these keywords. Because when I look at this website, what I can see is that it's all sideways, okay? So if you look at, if I'm telling you the number one keyword is childcare training. When I look at what the title tag on this is, it says online training for childcare providers, okay? So what I did is I sat down and let me see if I can bring this up. Um, I need my hard drive. Hang on a second. I got to just get this because I actually went through and redid all of this. So it was right. So there was a document together for what, what it should say. So we can kind of do, these are mistakes that'll kill you. That absolutely are the difference between you being a winner on the internet or you being a loser on the internet. Okay. So when I come, when I come here and let me bring up my child care training too. And I may just have to open my whole, let me see if it outputted it. Yeah, it did. So maybe it didn't. It doesn't look like it outputted all of it that I wanted it outputted. It's not. All right. We're going to talk through all the changes, though, that I wanted to make on it. Okay. So the first thing I looked at is what should the, what should the title tag be on this website? Okay. And what the title tag is, is this piece of information up here. So presently, it says online training for children, for what did I say? It says for childcare people, childcare providers. All right, my version now is going to be what I'm going to recommend it gets changed to um, is it needs to say um, needs to say child care training courses for Texas child care providers and workers. 
okay? Um, and the childcare is split on the first one. So it looks like this, I'm gonna put it in the chat so you can, you can see, um, so you can see what I'm saying it should be. And I'll explain to you why, why the one that is there is wrong and why this one is correct. Okay, so I need to put this in the chat. So let me stick this in the chat. Hold on a second. Where is the chat? Here it is. I'm going to stop sharing a second because it won't show me the chat with me sharing for some reason. There we go. Okay, so if everybody looks at the chat screen, you'll see what it says now is childcare training courses. And I may change the courses to classes. To be honest with you, I, I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards classes, but it should say childcare training classes for Texas childcare providers. And the reason I moved the Texas in instead of to the edge was that I felt like the childcare training needed to be first um, and that it would pick up the Texas in the search term being where I put it. And I still had Texas and childcare next to each other. So I ended up with kind of the best of both worlds, but because if I stuck it out here to the far left of it and put Texas childcare, then that Texas would only uh, apply to the first part of the sentence as opposed to both parts of the second sentence. So childcare training courses for Texas can be at standalone and then Texas childcare providers and workers is a secondary, okay? So I hope you understand what I'm doing there, but what I did is I, I put that word in the middle so it applied to both sets of search terms as opposed to just one. That's the creativity level that, that you kind of need to, that I don't think people think about, but that's also the creativity level that you need to have with, when you write these, sit down and write these title tags. So they appeal to every, every part of it. So the very first part um, that I changed was that was that title tag? Okay, just so you just so you know. Now, what I see is sometimes people put home on a title tag, or sometimes we get which is what is here on this site right now. We get this crazy title tag that says annual online training for children, and I'll tell you what's wrong with that. Um, just for for grins, um, one of the things that it that 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 it says online online training for child care, right? So it's broken up. The thing is, is that that online training can be for anything because there's no antecedent on it. So it should, if you're gonna do that that way, um, you need to make sure that you wrap in because with that basically, if I take annual online training, it could be annual online training for anything, how to paint, a, a painting or how to tie my shoes. It could be online training for anything. So the problem is, is that not only does it not have the Texas in the title tag, not only is the childcare not in the front to the left of training because we've already established that our keyword is childcare training. Um, at the end of the day, we, what, we're in, what we're ending up with here is a mess, messy title tag that doesn't tell anybody anything. And to validate that, if you really needed to go validate that for yourself, okay, 
if you come back, let me make sure that we have uh, the Google window open here. Hold on a minute. Uh, share screen. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna show you how to validate this real quick. If you don't think you're doing the right thing, all you have to do is go look and see what Google tells you to do. And it's not that Google actually tells you how to do it, but what you can do is see what they're ranking in those first spots. And it tells you what your keyword should be. So this one here is childcare training courses. This one here is Texas childcare training without the courses. That's the keywords that people are putting at the top. And therefore this one here, childcare education institute, childcare training. So they put it secondary because they do more, but I'm basically utilizing what ranks in the first 10 segments to see and let it dictate what is important and what Google will do to get me ranked on a, on a search term that has um, a lot of searches on it, has a lot of competition on it. And it tells me this is where we should be, we should be focused. I mean, if you do it right, you got 24,000 potential customers per month. So that's the way you kind of have to process that. So is everybody good so far and kind of like why picking the right keywords are important? Yeah. Okay, so let's kind of continue on down to the next part. This is the stuff that I that I see that causes trouble, okay? So at the at the uh, customer's request, they wanted this up here. So we went ahead and added it, except that's the very first thing that Google sees. Um, and it doesn't really say classes. It says essentials. Well, essentials is nothing. So the very first thing we're telling Google is something that they don't know what it is. So that's one of the main problems with putting it there. The other thing is it, it kind of looks like we're keyword stuffing at the top of our page, which of course is a penable, penal, penetrable, penetrable offense. So you want to, you don't want to kind of do that if you can avoid it. Okay. So that's something else I would never, like, I would never go throw web hosting or web design up at the top of our website as something like that. What's the name of our company, you know, um, or what's the name of our program? Um, that seems to be the, what's the driver of this, but at the end of the day, um, the problem is with it is that it kind of looks kind of spammy. It kind of looks misplaced. Um, it doesn't really tell the end, end user anything. Rather, what I would rather see happen is this. Um, it needs to come into this first white box here, okay? Um, the next piece of this that is a problem is this clock hours for childcare training, okay? Um, if I go in and I put in, let's just put in clock hours, let's put in our search term here. All right, sorry, I'm a slow typer. I put it in with that. As you can see, there is zero searches for that search term a month. Okay, so what we did is we put one of the most important pieces of real estate part of the website, we labeled with something that has zero searches and is not proper. Um, I'm gonna take the space out just to, to do that. If I take the space out, it goes to, oh, that still says zero. I thought it was going to come back with a 40, but it still says zero. Um, if I look here, what the search term is, free clock hours for childcare, no training. That is not really, that's not really a good um, 
explanatory thing for the end user. Um, it, it has no Google value at all. So we're wasting an opportunity to give them an op a signal and telling people something on a, something that they're not actually looking for. So to my mind, what that needs to be changed to is this. It needs to be changed to childcare, either training classes, and I have to look and see which one is which one is better than that. Hold on a minute. All right. So childcare training classes. See, this one is worth $10.89 a month. So that's actually a highly competitive term. I use the cost per click as a delimiter because when somebody's willing to pay $10 a click for something, that means that that is a good search term. If somebody's not willing to pay anything for it, has no value. If they're only willing to pay 50 cents for it, really doesn't have a lot of value. So I'm going to say that that may be right. Um, and I'm going to change it actually to be, if I change it to class is, it drops, see it's 1100 a month, but it drops it to 86 cents a month. So it's not really the best. There really is childcare training class. Okay, so that's really what that should say if I really wanted to particular on that. Beyond that, I may want to change it to course or courses. So let me change it to courses next. All right, that's 2,700 people a month, $1.97. Let me take off the S and let's see what we get for an answer on that. 89 cents. So we have two options on what to pick here. One would be courses. The other one would be class. I think probably I would go with courses um, because we have more than one. Um, it's a solid keyword, uh, has solid searchability to it. So I'm thinking that's what I, I would want to, I would want to pick. If I was going to actually pick something, I think that's what I would pick for my, for my answer. Um, so just, but again, these are decisions that you have to take and do it from a guided approach. You can't just scatter shot them in and say, well, this is what I think. This is the way I think. I have made that mistake myself. Um, I did it with my own company. So, I mean, granted, I was a rookie when I did it. I, it was a rookie mistake. It was back in 1999. Um, and the second it happened, I'll never make that mistake again. I, I promise you that. Um, so that's that piece of the, um, the first, the next thing I would change is I would work on changing the navigation bar. This should say um, childcare training courses, period. Not, not all the rest of this. And then the next thing is we launched into this sales message of bundles and classes. What it should be is the class types and the class architecture that we offer, in my opinion. What are these classes we offer? We're assuming that the person that's going to go here, are we sure that they, they don't want to look at a catalog first before purchasing? Um, and then the other thing is, remember we said about classes and, um, um, excuse me, we said about classes and courses. What I may say is see, see our class schedule or take a class or buy a class, something in here that says buy. I don't want the free trial to go away because the free, but it says free trial course. It should say free childcare training 
course or courses because we already know that's a keyword again free trial course tells us nothing so we're we're really kind of pinning ourselves in with a very bad navigation most companies do bad navigation i i, I am gonna 100 percent say that and it is one of the most important things and it becomes a missed opportunity if you don't put your navigation bar right now i'm going to show you an example on this on uh, my website on vertical web just so you can see the difference here okay so i have two sets of menus on my website and i did it this way on purpose so that google understood what i was doing okay so the very first thing i did was i have the customer service email or a support menu which is this one up here at the very tippy top and what i did is i left it agnostic so that google could not read it um, and what i mean when i say that is I put in words that were so general that they had no, they sent no signal to Google. So therefore I was not penalized, okay? But when I got to the main uh, sections of the website, the main guts of the website here, I went ahead and put what we did. So these are the three pillars of our website are these three areas. So I have a very clear navigation to Google that this is a very clean, very crisp, very clear, these are the three areas. I then come down and I further reinforce them across here. One, two, three. Um, and then I reinforce them even more down the page. So keep that in mind because this is what we need to do. So if I change my top to be childcare training classes or train, training courses, I still haven't really decided that yet. Then what it does do is then it should dictate what I put down the page. In addition, as we're talking about this, remember I told you what I would change the title tag? It's here in your little chat box window. You notice that the navigation and the title tag match. The next thing we're gonna tackle is the headlines on the website. Um, and what I'm defining as headlines are the this here, this here, this here, this here, this here, and then all of these, okay? And the thing is, um, I'll jump, I'll get to the bottom when I get to the bottom. <laughs> all right, um, the next thing um, I wanna do is I'm gonna tackle this box because we already know that this words here, online clock hours for childcare providers means nothing. We already just looked that up in our tool. We know that is not correct. What I am going to propose to change that to is, let me tell you what I want to change it to. Hold on a minute. I got to, I already have this all done, so I need to load it in so I can tell you what I changed the answer to. Okay, so um, let me see if I can, how I can do this. What I'm gonna change or what I'm gonna to propose to the customer we do is in this black area here that says online clock hours, what that needs to say is Texas child care training courses. And where did I get the Texas from? Our competitors. The word Texas needs to be there, okay? The next line that I would want it to say is the child care training essentials for daycare providers, because that's basically the name of the program is childcare training essentials is what 
we're trying to brand it as, okay? So that would be where I would stick that childcare essentials uh, situation on that. And I would make sure that my right keywords match my navigation, match the title tag. So just understand, this is the mistakes I see, right? So if you're not doing this, this is the level you need to go do with this. Um, the other thing I did was take the online clock hours with certificates, because when we looked at our uh, keywords, it wanted uh, online certificates um, and clock hours. So I changed the sentence to say online clock hours with certificates of completion designed to meet your schedule. Okay, so I put a little sales thing in there, um, but that's going to be my suggestion of what that part of this website should say. Um, the reason I'm going through this in this amount of detail is so that you guys kind of understand. I want you all to go and look at your own websites with this level of critical thinking, because when you don't, what ends up happening is you have a web page that may look beautiful, but does not meet the needs of Google and therefore your customers will not find it. So it's great that we wanna have a website and it's great that we wanna drive people, but at the end of the day, if it's not mathematically formulated to match what Google's looking for, um, our, we end up with a problem, okay? And the problem is I have a webpage now that from an optimization score is, is down in the 40s. And the people that are ranking number one is in the 90s. So we need to start to look about how do I merge those and mesh those together. Other problem with this page is it doesn't have the right content on it, but we didn't get there yet. So this next section here is a style chair training, fast, easy, affordable, like it, going to leave that. That's a good one. We're going to leave that line. Next line down needs to be changed as well. And let me talk to you why it needs to be changed. Google's now looking at your paragraphs. So what I often see on a website is it say something like um, online, blah, 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 click here. And then it comes down and it says, we offer the best online program ever known to man, um, but it never actually says what it is. So, and you can kind of see that this is here, okay? Um, mm -hmm. In the sense that this calls it early childhood development, or excuse me, our accredited child development class designed to meet the needs of preschoolers. The sentence structure is backwards of what they really almost need to be. What this needs to say is take one of our childcare programs designed to meet state clock hour requirements for daycare providers our carefully crafted information courses. Let me go ahead and put that in chat for you too so you can see, you can kind of compare it, compare it one for one on what I changed, okay? Just so you know, you know, I didn't hit this that you could see it, sorry about that. Let me do this again. All right, and there's the second line. So if you look at the live site versus what I'm saying the changes should be, you'll see that I worked a whole bunch of things in here. The other things is, the with 50 lessons and go at your own pace, that's all stuff. Google doesn't care about that, that sales messaging. Um, some of that needs to be moved down. Some of it can be alleviated. Some of it needs to be moved down further uh, in the paragraph, okay? So when I, when I look at all of those items, um, I know I need to change that. So I made a dramatic change to the two paragraph styles um, simply because I think they need to be changed as well. Um, the next thing I looked at 
uh, flexible armchair child care. The next thing I looked at when I look at this, I'm not so much uh, complaining about here. The plans, plans to fit your budget, that needs to be corrected because that needs to be, there is no such thing as a plan. Um, and then when I come down to here, I have a whole bunch of words that are meaningless to Google. So this no longer fits to be able to get this website ranked. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the word guidance and have a paragraph written about our guidance classes and those will link to the guidance class. So I'm gonna use these boxes and these headers to be optimization points rather than just this because these are all words that don't tell anybody anything. And the thing is nobody's scrolling down this page anyway to see it. So when I put that all together, this all needs to go away and it just needs to be um, observation and assessment and it needs to be, um, you know, you know, things, uh, uh, excuse me, subtopics of what these are. I need to, this needs to be refined to work for Google and not with Google. So if you are not looking at your website with this level of um, scrutiny, you end up with a problem. Because what I what I think is this is one of those mistakes. This is what's this is what separates the wheat from the chaff, if you will. Okay, um, if you don't do this part right, you're not going to end up with the business. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to kind of keep chasing your tail, saying, "How come I'm not getting to where I need to be?" Okay, um, these are what would be considered a technical component. Um, these are um, elements that need to be there. Um, and if they're not, then what you end up is a website that ranks on the fourth page and nobody visits. So um, I think those are things that I want everybody to start being concerned with is what are you doing with your on-site stuff? So, so far we've talked through on-site elements. We've talked through platform. We've talked to web hosting. If everybody's good, we're going to kind of go on to the next set of things that you need to look at. Okay. Um, some some of this also is uh, under the hood kind of stuff, and I'm going to come back and use my my uh, vertical website here um, for a second because I want to show you something here as well. Uh, I'm going to take the web design page. The web design page ranks very well um, from an architecture standpoint. So this is the the childcare site does not have this. It, it it probably would benefit from having it, but it doesn't have it at this point. But from an architecture standpoint, I have three very clean buckets up at the top. So let's take this out of my world for a second. If you're an accountant, okay, and you do tax problems, bookkeeping, and CPA services, your menu should not say services and then go to a page that explains it. What you should have is a tax service column, a bookkeeping column, and a CPA services column, okay? Um, and, and you might say bookkeeping and accounting are the same. They're not, they're different. So if that's you, that's what you wanna do. If you're a law firm and you do uh, probate and wills, bankruptcy um, and business tax, you need three columns across the top that define that, okay? Uh, over and over and over again, the structure of the website and how everything's strung together sends these signals into Google so that they pull you back out and it works. Okay, so understand that those are elements 
of, of what this all needs to look like. All right. So you need to start with a basic high school outline. All right. And um, as we're looking at this, let me stop the sharing of the screen. Let me come over here. I'm going to, I have an, I have a program that actually I'm, I'm just going to, let me see. Yeah, let me do this. We'll use this one. All right. And let me share my screen again. I've said this before, and I just need everybody to understand every website that we touch and every customer website, what we've done is we ask for uh, to sit down and we actually make this with customers, but you guys can do it for yourself. I have a, a new doctor that's starting with us and he actually sat down and did a bang up job of creating this. He created it just in Excel. He gave me the headers, put what he thought underneath it. So although it doesn't look like this, um, he, we have a blueprint of what we think that website should look like. Okay. So this one here, this is all, all the elements that we need to make sure that we include. And if you look, anything in orange is what's in the navigation section. Anything in red will appear under those navigation buttons. And every single one of these is basically a key term or a keyword. Okay. You have to have this level of a structure to be able to understand uh, for Google to understand what you're doing. And what it does is it creates many websites inside of each other. So I hear it. We've always called it siloing. Um, I hear it um, said as um, uh, content clusters is what I'm hearing it now called. So, um, but let's, so think about this type of a structure and how you put that together. This would be the navigation elements, but how it, how it manifests itself on a website um, is, <sighs> if I, go ahead. Did you have a question? No? Okay. Oh. If you have a question, go ahead. Okay. All right. So when it comes down, when I, when I come here and I write this page, this page is written to have multiple ways to, to, to string the content together that will need to be on this website. So this section right here will have a web page for each one of these elements in these items. Okay. So that's the first thing. In fact, I need to hook up the business, uh, the web development page. Um, when you come down to the bottom, as I have all these related things, I make a sub menu here. Um, and I do that. I mean, are these web building uh, tools, if you structure the backside, that's a whole class on itself. But if you you can make related topics together, um, your web your your website should be able to output them and put them right here for you on the bottom of the page. So I have related things strung together and I'm telling Google, hey, this is the home page. And then these are all the little feeder fish pages underneath it. And the reason you do that, which is this is something else I don't see anybody do. Um, the reason you do that is because one, two, three, four, these four pages push up this related web design topics page, which is the main page that we're sitting on. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, hey, Google, I want you to rank this page when they do web design. This is all the secondary pages I have underneath it that are showing you that I think this web design page is the most important page. So you end up creating this and when you do it repetitiously um, throughout the website. So every one of these pages that you touch 
have a menu that comes back and retouches. If you look here on the bottom, in fact, I need to standardize their appearance, but if you look, I've got them right here, they're all interconnected and related. Um, if I come over here, on this one here, I didn't have as many pages as I would have liked for the for the local SEO page. So what I did is I actually took some of the related blog pages and pulled them in as well. So I have the SEO services page, and then I also have everything that's related to local SEO. And if you Google us, I think we're number 10 or number nine on local SEO now. So it's because I have a local set of local SEO pages that are strung together basically, and I supported by one, two, three, four, there's like five pages. And this Chamber of Commerce page has a lot of links from other chamber, like Chamber of Commerce is from like places like South Dakota and Atlanta, um, because it explains why you should have a Chamber of Commerce uh, membership um, and why that helps your Google ranking. So I've got Chamber of Commerce is linking to us to utilize that as a way to explain the value of a, of a Chamber of Commerce membership. So this page has some extra, extra bulk to it. And because of that, it's taken it and pushed the local SEO page up to the first page of Google. That's what you ultimately want because the second this page hit, our visits per day on this page jumped ex exponent exponentially, if I'm saying this right. So I have a website now that I have traffic flowing through on a regular basis for people looking for local SEO services. That's great. That's what you want. Um, you want those leads coming through. And if you do your job right, you end up um, getting that done properly. Okay, so we've touched on siloing and how to structure the website. Going back to my very first point, platforms do not allow you to do this, okay? Um, there really is not the way to interconnect those pages the way they need to be interconnected from Google's, forget Google's benefit. Um, and it's one of the knocks against them because it doesn't have the siloing, this, the website and the pages don't have the, the support underneath them and therefore they don't push forward. So let me explain this too. Um, one, another common mistake I see, and this is gonna kind of segue into the next area we go. You can pick your website and list it as www. You can pick your website and list it as domain.com, okay? And when you do that, um, what ends up happening is um, it splits how the profiles looked at. So let's look at another aspect of how a website ranks. And this is a mistake that people make. They're, they make this mistake in two ways, okay? The first way is apathy and it's not gonna help you. The second way is intentional and if you get caught, it can help, it, it can hurt you. Um, so hang on a minute, let's go run over here. So every website has links pointing back to it. Um, and if it doesn't, um, it, it probably is because, where am I? Here I am. It has links uh, pointing to it. And um, those links help determine how much of an authority that website is. Okay, um, every day we continue to gain in stature and position because we continue to put up quality content 
that people link to, that people follow, that people engage with. So as a result, we continue to move up the feed chain, the food chain rather, um, of what the value of our website is and how far forward it's gonna go, okay? So as I say that to you, all your content, the objective of it is, is to get links to your website as well as create pages um, that people will want to buy something from you and do something with. So with that said, when you pick a topic, if you're not blogging, you need to. And part of the purpose of that blog is to gain these links so that the website gains the power. So this website, as you can see, I've got something like 300 domains point, 370 domains to it. So the beginning rookie person comes in and they put up a five page website. There's no reason to link to it. And as a result, they have a website that has basically invisible because there's nobody out there talking about it, endorsing it, um, getting involved with it. The other way people make mistakes is they go buy links from places like Fiverr. Because you can go out to Fiverr and you can go find some guy that'll sell you a link on the website. Um, and what they'll do is um, those links usually are toxic and then Google will penalize the website. So I, I'm not going to advocate link buying uh, at all. Um, what I'm going to advocate is putting up a good, strong piece of content um, that people would want to link to. So we got to get past this hurdle of I can put up a five page or a 25 page website and have it be somebody, something that somebody wants to come to. Because frankly, Google's not going to put up anything that's less than a good quality product. Um, and unless you're, unless you're willing to kind of go with that, um, and it, it really is their world. We just live in it. So we have to abide by their rules. So I know people that'll kind of complain at me when I say, oh, well, you need to have a hundred page website. And you might've thought I said, you might need to go kill puppies on the side of a highway. And the reality is you're not giving Google a reason to rank your website when you have a very small website. Um, my website now is in the vicinity of about a thousand pages, give or take. Um, now, are they all these great verbose content pieces? Absolutely not. There's some that are very short. Some of them are supplemental pages. Uh, but as a result, we've put up these quality pages. I was talking to a new customer yesterday and I was telling them that um, I'm a big advocate for putting up a blog and I either get one of two things. One is, what am I gonna blog, uh, not a blog, a podcast. What am I gonna podcast about? Or I get, a bunch of podcasts. So I, it, it kind of goes either way. I think that each and every one of you that has a website, that has a business, you should be able to clearly and succinctly explain your business, your processes, your policies to people. And the reason why I'm saying this is one of my other reasons of mistakes people make. So we've now gone through this process of websites for the better part of 20 years. And when, a web, when websites first started, I'm air quoting that, but when websites first started, there was no delimiter between, is it a real site? Is it a quality site? Is it a guy in China that's going to steal your credit card? Is it dark web? There was none of that. 
but now what happens is you go to a website and you're, you're immediately trying to say, what is the validity of this business and this, this website? Is, there, is it a valid website? Is it somebody that I can do business with? Um, I think that 80 to 90% of the decision to do business with your company happens without you even knowing it. By the time they call you, they've already made the decision that they want to do business with you. It's a very, very, those leads that come in off the internet are usually pretty, pretty hot. And the reason why they're pretty, pretty hot is because the people have seen something, something personal that has made them want to do business with you. So I am going to say one of the mistakes I see is websites now that go very heavy on stock image, that don't use real photos, um, that don't show real people. Um, I, I used to hate to put myself on the website. Um, there's no way for them to determine what kind of company you are, who you are, what you do, what you don't do, so on and so forth. Um, rather, what I want to see you do is I want to see you put, go open Zoom and start talking about whatever your product is. If you're an accountant and so my uh, CFO and I have a, a lot of disagreements from time to time. Um, we've been business partners for probably 24 years now. Um, but we still, because I'm just like, hey, go write a check or hey, go do this. And I have no basis for understanding uh, small business accounting principles, okay? Her, on the other hand, is like, why don't we have a receipt for this? Why don't we do this? Why are we entering this this way? Why didn't you do this? Why did you do every day? So as a result, a video that says, what are 10 business small, what are 10 mistakes small business owners make would be a great video to have because I am sure that what you would find is some, some information that you can glean and to use. There's two reasons to do it. If I'm an accountant, if I'm a web designer, no. But if I'm an accountant, the reason why is one is I'm giving you top 10 pointers and tips. And I, I now may have an empathetic feeling about you that you may be the person I want to do business with. The other thing is I allow somebody to hear how smart I am, um, how much and how well I know my business. Um, for me personally, I was adamantly opposed to putting this class on the internet, adamantly opposed to it. Um, and covid forced my hand. What I will tell you now is this class will never go back to being not, not being on Zoom. Um, it, we will have in person. I'm hoping to get in person started within the next couple months um, or next month. But I, I'm really looking at when I do, we are going to have a Zoom component to that because I still need to take these videos. I still need to put them on the internet. I still need to put them up, mostly for educational, but on the other side, what it does is it, it lets anybody that's in the sound of my voice know that I know what I'm talking about and I'm not just some rube that woke up and said, I'm gonna build websites. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, I think we all need a break in life and we all have to start somewhere. Don't misunderstand me. But when it comes to your website and whether you're going to put that website in somebody's hands or not, you better think or better know that they know what they're doing and they have a track record of proven success. Because um, literally who you choose to, to do this, if you're going to not use yourself to do it, um, can make or break you. And I'll give you an example of something. It's not a break story on this one, but I had a, I, I, I have a networking group in Houston that I, I've been going to for a while. And one of the ladies walked up to me and all this time I've been going there 10, probably eight years now. 
she walked up to me and she said to me, all these years, I've told you that I didn't need your help with the website because I never got any leads off my website. Six months ago, she came to me in her web hosting company, or I think it was a bad install of WordPress. It was an old version of WordPress. But whatever it was, the website went down and her business wasn't impacted because she, like she said, she never gets leads off the, off the website. Um, so what ended up happening was she, she said to me, hey, the website down, can you help me out? So we did a scramble because it was only like a five page website. We did a scramble. We said, oh, uh, put it through, do, did our stuff, built the website. We used uh, archive.org to recreate the website that she had. But what we did was optimize it on the way I talked about those online optimization things that I talked to you about. Um, and when I did, she said to me, the website's been up now for a month and a half. She's already gotten eight deals off that website. People that called her that would not have called her, people who have found her that would not have found her. So she has her regular business that she was getting already. And she now has within a month span of time, eight additional customers, which to them, that's big job. Um, what they what they do is is eight, eight is impactful. That's a lot of money to them. Um, so I encourage you to do these things right and not just say, hey, it's not for me. It doesn't happen because that's sometimes you can't see the forest through the cheese on these things. But picking the right person is also a mistake or a thing that I'll put. I'm actually going to give a talk on that at the end of the month for HCC on how to pick a right web designer. Um, because I, I see so much wrong with that. We're going to do a whole class on it and let's, let's kind of go for a free for all on that one. Um, but what I want, what everybody, what I want everybody to understand is these things work together. So you need to be doing podcasts so that you're doing, that you're looking for links and that you're instilling confidence in potential, uh, clients. Um, the days of this canned, bad photos, not real photos, um, are in the, in the view of you mirror. And even looking as I say this, and I'm going to tell you, it's a funny little story. Um, if you look at my website, when I showed everybody the picture of, um, that was on the homepage that I did, um, the, the girl that is on that, although she is a stock image, she actually is the spitting image of one of my staff people. So when people saw it um, and didn't see the hairline, they actually thought I had used one of my staff members. But what I'm going to show you is um, each of the pictures that are on this website are real pictures. Um, this is our data center uh, at PC Lightwaves. This is one of our customers' websites. Um, this is a real-time event that we attended. Um, this is a picture I took at Houston. This is one of our classes that we did through uh, Lone Star College. So you can see um, that you actually can see me on the left-hand side of that photo. If you, if you knew what it was, it was me you were looking at, you can actually see. So we're using real photos on, our, on and throughout our website. And I would encourage everybody to do the same. Um, let me see here. I did the same thing here. I, I think that um, I, I decided after all these years, I've decided to actually put a live portfolio up of all the sites that we're involved in. Um, we're missing quite a few because I'm still moving them over. 
Um, but but the fact of the matter is, is that we're real, we're speakable. I'm I'm very okay to put my clients out there. If you want to call them and ask them how to do how it is doing business with us, I'm good with it because I'm that secure in how I do business and what I do. And I think those are the things that I think everybody should, kind of should be looking at. Um, you should be able to put out there. If you have a testimonial or something that makes you real, you need to do that. Um, if you install AV for the city of Houston, by all means, please put a picture of whatever you did to install on the website. If you are a uh, accountant and you can show some of the work that you do or can do a case study for, you know, how you save somebody some money, please put that out there. The more things that you can do to make yourself um, real people, the better off we're going to be. Um, and I think that that's an art form as well, that people are using stock photos, they're using bad photos, they're not, they're not approaching that right. Um, and therefore, that's a problem. Um, so we've covered title tags, we covered Onsland, we covered links, um, we covered hosting. Oh, okay. So one other thing we're going to talk about here too, I'm kind of, you guys aren't asking a lot of questions, so I'm kind of going fast here. Um, one, a couple other things that we're going to talk about is um, I'm going to talk about intellectual property here for a second. Uh, I think this is something that people don't think about. They don't know about. They're just willingly doing things. And at the end of the day, uh, they don't, it doesn't work. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to say this sentence. You always need to be the owner of your social media properties, your domain name, <clears throat> and your Google My Business profile, okay? That's without exception. Um, again, I, I say I've been doing this 25 years, so I've seen a lot go on. I think the worst domain story I ever had was this one. Um, we had a customer, went whitewater rafting in New Zealand, um, and he died in that he was a professional white water rafter, went to New Zealand and died, hit his head on a rock and died. His mother called me and said, son has died um, and she is the executor of the estate. Now, the only person on the domain was this guy and it wasn't in the name of the company, it was in his personal name. Um, so I said to the mother, I need a copy of the will. And she didn't understand why. I'll explain why. At the end of the day, that, that domain was personal property of the estate. And unless it was named, I couldn't just turn it over because what come to find out later, three months later, is that there was a dispute between the mother and the siblings and that the estate had a gigantic problem. And had I given it to the mother, I would have given the mother something that she was not entitled to have because what they ultimately were after was the royalties from his company. Now, you may not have those kind of problems, but here's what you may have. They had a wife call me um, and her and her husband had gotten a divorce. Domain was in husband's name. Husband skipped out on child support, husband skipped out on all this stuff, walked away from the business, left her in charge of it, but we couldn't put the domain in her name because he had put it in his name. So in the event of the divorce that had to, we actually had to go back to tell her, okay, here's what we need you to do. 
in the orders from the judge, you need to have the orders of the judge write the domain in and then have his attorney sign off on it. And they did. They came to me with the orders, a court order to have me turn the domain over to the missus and that. Okay. Again, you might say, well, I'm not married. I don't write water raft. I'm not going to hit my head. The, the, the fact of the matter is that your domain is your property. And if you ever lose it, you have a humongous problem. And one of the mistakes I see is this, okay? So from errors and mistakes. First of all, when you hire a web designer and they ask you for the username and the password of your domain, you need to make sure that you can go behind them and that your information is still the primary information on the domain. There's three areas, so let's not get, there's only two that count. The third one does not count. The first one is the registrant. And if I had to say, that's like a royal flush in poker, okay? Um, whoever is there, you have two ownership options. You would have one would be the name and one would be the name of the company. Your company name has rights, okay? So it is no different than a person. Your name, of course, is your name. So if you are a corporation and you have, like I have a business partner, my name is the name on them, but the corporation is who owns the domains as well. So if I die, she is legally entitled to have all these domains just as if it was me because the corporation has the rights as does me as a person, okay? So she doesn't lose her rights if something happens to me. So if you guys are a mom and a pop, you need to make sure that your corporation is on there. Now, if you're a DBA, this starts to get crazy and I don't wanna get down to that level of intellectual property law because that's not this kind of a class, okay? But what you need to know is who is the registrant? Who is, what is the name? What is the uh, corporation name? And then here's the kicker. What is the email address? Because ultimately, if you have access to the email address, you have the keys to the kingdom. So let's just kind of use this in real property terms. I own a house um, and I have a key to the front door. I can walk in. Um, but if I own a house and my name, let's say, let's say I'm a renter at a house. My name's not on the deed. I lose, I lose my key. I call the locksmith and he comes and he says, okay, I need you to prove you live here. If you can't prove you live here, your email address is what the proof is of where you live. Okay. So let's say I have the wrong person, but I have access to the email box. I still can get the credentials. So what you need to make sure you have is the name, the corporate name, and the email address all need to be you on the registrant line. Theoretically, and I say this this way, and I'm going to, I'll explain why it may deviate. The admin contact also should be that, okay? If you're a small business owner, the admin contact should be the same. If you're Exxon, you're going to have a whole different set of circumstances, okay? Because we have this ever-changing um, bunch of people. What I, what I will tell you is on enterprise level customers, what I usually try to do is set up a marketing or an IT mailbox. So that way, uh, Chambers of Commerce is that way when somebody leaves, there's still an email box that somebody can get to that can re, re, you know, request and re, reclaim the information. It is extremely and vitally important that you make sure that you know the information on your domain name 
if you let somebody in your domain name that you go into it behind them and make sure that you have com confirmed that the information is still in your name, okay? And then last but not least, and probably last but most important, know when your domain expires. Because I, and again, I can only speak in true stories. Um, I had a longtime customer that was at GoDaddy for domain registration call me last week. Um, and apparently GoDaddy sold her domain to, to a Chinese domain speculator without her knowledge. Um, and what happened and how that happens, this is the steps that would happen to that, okay? When your domain expires, you have five days to reclaim it 100%. You have 15 days before it can kind of be moved and massaged out that maybe you can't get to it. Typically, things that are not windows.com or brand names blinds.com, they have a 30-day grace period. So for the first 30 days pest expiration, the chances are marginally good that you will get your domain name back. At the end of those 30 days, so what it is a cum of 40, the end of the 40 days, it goes out sometimes to what's called redemption. And that redemption period can cost you anywhere from 199 all the way up to, you know, uh, if you have an IO domain, there's $399 to redeem. So each level in each domain type has a redemption type to it. So what I'm going to tell you is that um, you need to make sure your domain is renewed for 10 years. Uh, after a few years, go back and renew it back to 10 years. Um, at minimum five years, put a reminder in your phone, um, put a reminder on your Apple, your, uh, Apple, your uh, Outlook calendar, put a reminder somewhere where you're not going to delete it. Because if you lose your domain name, when I tell you it, it can cost you, it can cost you to get it back. It can cost you to pay it back from a speculator service. Um, I have had some that the domain was so valuable that I, I, that I grabbed. I, I'm not giving it back. I'm sorry, too bad for you. Um, and, and the reason why is we had bought it in the aftermarket and it had a lot of value to it. So we just, we took it. Um, I encourage you to keep your domains red, renewed. The best protection you have is make sure you know what the email address is, make sure that the admin contact and the registrant contact is whoever needs to be in charge of that domain. And you make sure that you keep it renewed with a valid email address. If you do those things, you will never have a problem. But what I see is that I hire a web designer, web designer goes, puts his name on it. The next thing you know, you can't claim it back because the web designer, the web designer put his name on it. Um, it may be that, uh, you know, they, so that it's in the web designer's name and then you and the web designer haven't talked so he doesn't pay the renewal. I, 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 Squarespace is great because they just don't renew them. If you don't have a valid card on file, they don't renew it. And the next thing you know, you're in the redemption pool. And you don't know that until the domain is over 60 days sometimes that you don't even know that that happened. So you need to make sure that you know what you're doing with your domain names. Okay, so that's the first set of IP things that we're going to talk about are not our mistakes. The next thing is um, we're going to talk about the social media properties because this is a nightmare as well. Okay, if you're 
an owner, now I'm gonna say this because I say this 800 times and people just don't get it. Um, Facebook is tied to a personal account, okay? You cannot have a Facebook business account without first having it tied to a business or to a personal account. So mine are tied to me. Um, when you set up your business account, it should be set up to you. If you hire a web designer, you need to make sure that they set it up to you and not to, not to, uh, not to themselves. Because the thing is that just like a marriage, when you go in, it's great. And when you come out of it, if you're going to get a divorce, you all hate each other maybe, and you don't have a good exit strategy. Okay. And not everybody is, I'm going to use the word equitable, but that's probably not the word I need, uh, amiable when the customer leaves, you know? So like for me, I've been here 25 years. I would never want a bad reputation. I don't need to resort to that. Um, if you want, if you don't want to stay, don't stay. If you want to come, come. If you want to come back, we're always here. Um, I, I've never really um, had a policy and I shouldn't say never really, we've never, 100% never have had a policy to make an, an ex, uh, a departure uh, an ugly thing. What I will tell you is this, and this is the only place you'll ever get a rub from my company. I cannot train your new hire, okay? So what I end up having is people going to hire somebody and they don't really know what they're doing. Um, and the next thing I know, they're calling me to have me help their new person leave. I'm not helping you leave. If you've hired somebody that you think is more qualified than myself, then you need to have them help you. Um, but as far as approvals and stuff like that, we would never stand in the way. We would approve whatever to let you, to, if you wanted to go. But you're not always going to have somebody that's going to be hospitable that way. You're going to have some people that may be hostile and they may not help. They may slow walk it. They may do a lot of things. So you have to make sure that you protect yourself because on from an error standpoint, you can't lose your Facebook account just because you let your web designer who now you and them don't get along set your page up and they won't give it back. And we've had that happen. Um, Google My Business, Google Analytics, really mostly Google My Business, okay? Google Analytics, it's great if you can get the previous account. If you can't, it's not the end of the world. Um, just set up a new one. You may not have historical data that you want, um, but at the end of the day, um, it's not that hard to work around the lockout. Uh, Google Search Console is the same. Google My Business, however, is not. So those businesses and the owners of those businesses um, follow the property. So where Search Console and analytics or code and approval process. As long as you have access to the website, you, you can approve it. The people, the Google My Business process, you need to have the right email for. And somebody can stand you up and say, I'm not gonna give that back to you. You need to make sure you have your Google My Business registered. That's another mistake I see. I, I got one right now that I don't even know. They've been in business 10 years. They never went and applied for Google My Business. I had to go stand it up for them a couple of weeks ago. They just they just got here and I was like, what do you mean you don't have your Google My Business? Nope, they never, they never set it up, never needed to. Um, so you need to make sure 
that you have control over your social media properties, over your Google My Business properties. Um, I'm gonna say you should have access to Google Analytics. You should have access to Search Console. Uh, LinkedIn is tied to a person just like uh, Facebook. So if you're gonna have LinkedIn, um, make sure that you have access to the main account. Or if somebody sets it up for you, make sure they come back and they add you back in as a super user, not just a user. You have to be the admin, the super admin person, okay? It's not acceptable for them to be the super admin on your account if, they, if they're not gonna. And the only way you'll never, you'll know that you're gonna have a problem is on the way out the door. So the best way to protect yourself is to make sure that you have the access, the right access and the access level. Um, another true story, uh, had a young lady that graduated college and she came to her father's business and called here demanding that we turn over usernames and passwords. And we never heard of her. She had a different last name, didn't know who she was, didn't even know if she was approved. So we didn't give her the information. Most men, would she, she went across the internet and wrote bad reviews because we wouldn't help her. At the end of the day, I had to call her father and say, excuse me, is, who is she? Is she supposed to be here? Um, and he okayed her and we ended up helping her out. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that the people that you're sending to go talk to somebody are actually approved on the account. You can't, you can't, you know, you have to have a communication um, and, and you wouldn't want me giving your information out to somebody that's not authorized to have it. So you have to kind of flip that around and be, hey, I hired a new office manager. This is your new point of contact. You need to communicate that um, with your web host. You need to communicate that and make sure that your domain registration set up. Um, if you add somebody to your social media property, when you fire them, remove them. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I still have access to um, because they, uh, never removed us. And I try to remove us and they have to remove, it. I can't remove myself. So, um, there's a few different entities like that, that I can't take myself off of. Um, the best advice that I have to stay out of all of this is have a mailbox. That's like marketing. Okay. Um, and it's set up for the domain name. It's set up for the, um, Twitter account. It's set up for the Google, my business account. Everything runs out of one account. Um, and then what you can do is you, that's so easy. You just have to pop in there, make sure you're checking your mail. So if any notifications come through, you actually get them, but that's my best advice, how to solve that problem. Um, because that's another whole set of problems that goes on that people don't, don't really know what to do with. Um, expired domains are terrible to deal with domains that don't have the right comp. I, I just had somebody again yesterday. I need you to tell me who the admin contacted. I can't tell you. There's laws and privacy laws that prevent me from telling you. You need to know who's on that domain. You don't have to come and ask me who's on a domain. Um, and that's a that's a long standing that's a long standing thing that I think everybody needs to uh, be aware of. So I have hand, I have covered quite a few um, items today. Um, is there any questions? Because I think this is where I'm going to stop. I think I've kind of covered all the mistakes that I want to cover for today. Um, so if you're if you're good, there are no questions. I'm going to go ahead and call it a day. Uh, I'll post this on the uh, internet later today or this week. 
Um, so that way, if you, you know, you ever need to rewatch it or anything, let me know and it'll be, it'll just be out there for you. So did you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions. Go ahead, hit it. You do, or you don't have questions. You you muted yourself again. So if you do have questions, you need to unmute yourself. No, we were good. All right. Okay. And if you have, if anybody needs anything, then just email me. I'm always happy to answer them as well. So other than that, everybody have a great day and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks. Thank Bye -bye. you. Thank You're you. Bye-bye everyone. Bye.